championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers. Yes, if you are watching the video version of this, the expression on Matt Peralta's face. Notice I didn't call him the optimist for this one. Uh, that pretty much says it all. The Lakers fall to the Kings. Not, not a pretty performance in a lot of ways. Specifically the defense. Specifically Russell Westbrook. We've got a lot to break down. Final score, 125 to 116. This is going to be one of those venting shows. If you're joining us live, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, well, you get to hear a little bit of venting. But if you're joining us live, this is an opportunity to vent your frustrations, to get out all of that kind of anger that you're feeling right now towards the, the Los Angeles Lakers and what we just watched. And we will get through this together. Matt Peralta, how are you doing, man? I'm 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 alive. <laughs> I'm alive. Hanging in there. You know, things could be worse, Trevor. Yeah, you know, the Lakers could have lost by more than nine. You know. Um, they, you know, kept this kept us entertained all the way till the end. Um there were there were moments of hope. The Lakers were within two with less than two minutes to go. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Uh, and then and then things happened. Oh, that's my analysis for today. That's that's your analysis. Um yeah, Matt, I, it's, this isn't going to be an easy one to put, put an optimistic spin on. Um, this is one where I felt the Lakers lost this game for a number of reasons. Uh, oh, sure did. I mean, the lack of def defense, the lack of defensive intensity certainly showed. Uh, missed rotations. Rim protection certainly wasn't there. This was one game where playing small, I think, did hurt the Lakers. You didn't have any rim protection. 70 to 42 was the final tally in terms of points in the paint. So that didn't work out there um, for the Lakers. Now, the offense does benefit when they go small, but we also saw the Sacramento Kings really take advantage of the Lakers at the rim. At the end of the night, the Kings wound up shooting 55% from the field. Oh, That's unacceptable. That, that can't happen. That simply, that, that simply can't happen. The Lakers themselves shot 43%. The Lakers, early on in the game, we're doing okay. In fact, they even got a big lead. They had a 14-point lead. Then the Kings cut that down to six by halftime. And then the second half was just about all Kings. Uh, the Lakers did make some some uh, comeback attempts and things like that. But they largely got the lead by shooting unsustainably well from three. They were at like 49% yes. from three at one point. And you knew that was going to dry up and that their defense was going to have to kick in because their offense wasn't going to be able to carry them the entire game. And sure enough, the offense did start to sputter. Finally, by the end of the game, the Lakers only shot 34% from three. That's how poorly they shot in the second half. Completely erased all of the great shooting that we saw in the first half. But the defense never got going. The defense never quite figured out how to get stops against this Kings team. So is this a symptom of small ball? Is this effort? What? Why did we see the Lakers struggle so terribly? to defend a admittedly bad Sacramento Kings team. Yeah, you know, one of the things I noticed in the first half, um, and I don't know if you, you thought the same thing, but I thought LeBron wasn't quite as engaged on the back line True. really tonight. Um, so the small ball lineups work when, when LeBron is doing LeBron things, when he is destroying people on both ends of the floor. And I thought tonight he was a little lackadaisical in the first half, a little slow rotating over, you know, not really helping and recovering quite quick enough. 
Um, it, it was a lot of that stuff that I noticed in the first half. So I thought that's what really got the Kings going, especially to begin the third quarter when they went on that big run. Um, and it was just all kind of downhill from there. The Lakers, it felt like once they got punched in the mouth, they didn't really respond mm-hmm. all the way up until like midway through the fourth quarter when Austin Reeves started to do stuff. And it's like, hey, there's an energy guy that's doing things and still playing hard. Maybe we should start trying to. Um, so that was one big issue I saw. And then the other thing was that I just thought they were settling for too many jumpers, um, especially coming out of the half. I thought that um, LeBron came out incredibly cold. Um, I know Malik Monk had it going, but the rest of the team was just absolutely brutal. Um, if I told you that the starting lineup, uh, Trevor, shot or made nine three-pointers between the five of them, um, you know, that doesn't sound too bad. But then you look at the actual box score, LeBron's three of 12, Monk's six of nine. Nice. Yep. Uh, and then you've got Trevor Ariza, who's 0 for 2, Russ, who's 0 for 5. And I'm sure we're going to talk about Russ a bunch today. Yes. And then Avery Bradley for 0 for 4. So this was a game. And, you know, to be you know a little fair, Carmelo was a late scratch. So maybe that had something to do with the lineups, which we'll also talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was, you know, a curveball that they didn't quite anticipate, you know, not having Melo. But, you know, that does, that's not really an excuse. It's... This was a game the Lakers had. They were up by as many, I believe it was 14 points, I think, in the first half. Uh, went into the half up six, you know, still pretty manageable. Obviously, the Kings went on that run toward the second quarter. And then I thought, okay, the Lakers will resettle themselves. Uh, the third quarter, they'll come out pretty well. And then we got the third quarter Lakers again. And at that point, it was an uphill battle the rest of the night. And they just could not get over the hump. If we step back and we look big picture, the problem is not just tonight that they lost to the Sacramento Kings. The problem is when you look at the schedule from here on out. Oh, it's rough. This is the game. This was the gimme game on the schedule. And the Lakers aren't in. Every once in a while, you see a team that, you know, a good team, like one of the top tier teams, they drop a game to a bad team. Right? I always mentioned back in the day, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers getting swept one season by the Bobcats. Remember when they were the Bobcats? Um, yes. Every once in a while, stuff like that was that happens where a team gets up and they're, they're given everything they've got and a really good team just not trying that hard. That's obviously not the situation the Lakers are in. I kind of feel like that was their mental approach to this game, at least on the defensive side of the ball. We just didn't see that effort. It was like once their offense got going, they expected the defense to carry them. And then big picture, the problem was that when you do this, if you come out here flat defensively against this Kings team, and so you wind up dropping this game, the one game where you're looking at the schedule in the next few, where you would have said, okay, that that should be a win for the Lakers. You already sure. used all these up. You've burned up, but and then some, all of your, oh, we just didn't really show up tonight games in the first half of the season. In the first half, in the easy part of the season, now you've got a really difficult second half schedule and you just blew the gimme game that was that was sitting here for you to help buffer the impact of some of the losses that are surely coming when you're playing against some of the top tier teams. So this game, the mental approach for the Lakers needed to be must win. This needed to be a must-win game. This is the one you have to get. If you lose to Phoenix, you lose to the Warriors, okay, right? Those are the, the top-tier teams. Even if you're at your best, decent chance you're probably going to lose that game just because of how well those teams are playing. That just makes it all the more important that you pick up the wins that are available to you. And tonight, the Lakers said, nah, no, thank you. We'll, we'll try again later, and we'll get another one down the road. At least that was the what we saw on the defensive end of the floor from them. And that's that can't happen. 
that can happen. They did not approach this game with a must-win mindset. It looked like they approached this game with a, okay, hand it over to us. And the Kings didn't do that. I mean, here's here's the issue with losing this game twofold. Um, everything you brought up is completely valid. But the first thing is that they're coming off a loss. So you would right. think that they'd come back and respond a little bit better and try to right the ship as quickly as possible. But they've never done that this season. That's the thing. Right. We've never seen the angry Lakers, because, except for coming off that Portland loss. Other than that, we haven't really seen the angry bounce back team because they're mad they got beat. We just we haven't seen that response. We, we haven't. And then, you know, the thing that makes this loss even worse is that, I, I mean, I think the broadcast said this. I, I believe the Kings were the losers of five straight yep. coming into tonight. Um, and we've cracked this joke, and I don't even think it's a joke anymore, but it kind of does really feel like the Lakers are the get, the get right team for a lot of teams now. Uh -huh. Uh, it's like, you know, you see the Lakers on your schedule. Normally you think, uh, you know, you might take a little bit of pause and say, I'm not sure about that one if you're a fan base of another team, like a struggling team. But uh, nowadays it just kind of feels like, oh, we've got the Lakers tonight. That's a that's one we can win. And it's it's disappointing. And, you know, unfortunately, as much as we'd love to push back on that narrative, it kind of just I think it's applicable. And, you know, these are the signs of a 500 team inconsistency, wildly inconsistent teams. Uh, you win games you're not supposed to, and you lose games. Uh, and you win you win games you're not supposed to, and then you lose games you're not supposed to. And the Lakers have managed to do both somehow this season, yeah. constantly. Um, there's no. It's not surprising that they are 21 and 21. And the worst part about this, you know, from our perspective, is that that four game win streak that we were riding pretty high on is there's it's gone. It's gone. There's yeah. no more equity from that anymore. You know. Against the Grizzlies, sure, maybe. Like, we don't want to make excuses, but that's a really good team. They're playing lights out. They are the hottest team in the NBA right now. It makes sense. But you've got a struggling Kings team that has had problems all season long. You've, you've beaten them just previously. I think it was like a week or two ago. I already forgot. But this is a game you needed to clean up to, you know, keep that buffer or stay afloat in the standings. Um, and, you know, to make matters worse, the, the Mavericks lost tonight too. This was a game that the Lakers could have won and then, you know, caught up in the standings a little mm -hmm. bit and made up some ground. That's no longer a thing. Now they're still, I believe, seventh or eighth. I haven't checked. But, yeah, just all around bad vibes after this loss. Um, you know, the uh, the meme, the feels bad man one, that, that's how I feel tonight. Yeah. Or the Ben Affleck smoking outside of his uh, door. That's me right now. They did They did drop to eighth in this one. They are tied record-wise with the Clippers now. The Clippers who do not have Kawhi and do not have Paul George and yet have still won two in a row and in fact just had a 25-point comeback win comeback last victory, night yeah. against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, which means the Nuggets are going to be extra upset next time they play, which I think will be against the Lakers. Um... Uh, actually, I'm sure they have a game between now and then. But in any event, um, this is this was an opportunity, like you said, for the Lakers to make up some ground in the standings. Absolutely. In fact, uh, if you win this game, you probably move up to just one spot behind the Mavs. You would have been sitting in the sixth seed. Yeah, so now that game on Saturday against the Nuggets just has massive playoff ramifications. Mm -hmm. Tiebreakers, seeding, etc. Like, and <laughs> how like they're going to be pissed, too, coming off a loss of the Clippers. Like... That's that's going to be a hard game for the Lakers right now. And the small ball lineup against a Nikola Jokic, ooh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, that I, that's where I think Dwight's going to get gonna a lot start, of They're probably going to start Dwight. Probably, yeah. yeah. I'd imagine so, but even then, I don't know. Like, this is a... Analyst Matt is having a hard time keeping fan Matt out of the conversation tonight. <laughs> but, man, today was just so disappointing. It, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. Um, 
Let's just do it because we've got a lot of people that are making this comment already. They're talking about Russell Westbrook. Can I? Can I? Can I just get ahead of it real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. Uh, um, guys, if you're gonna throw any Russell Westbrook trade in the chat, um, please tell me what team, what players, what assets, and make sure that the money works before you throw me a deal that the Lakers should just go ahead and dump Russ for whatever they can get right now. Because after tonight's performance, what team is willingly trading for Russ right now? And it might not even be to get better. It might be to just pick up whatever assets Lakers can throw in a possible deal. Like, are those even worth the season and a half of rest you're going to get? I'm not sure anymore. If somebody said, Michael Sat said, I'm starting a GoFundMe <laughs> to raise enough money to pay Russ's salary so we can waive him. Fortunately, that's not how the CBA works. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's legal. That is, Yeah, that is not <laughs> the way that works. Um if anything, you'd be doubling up Russ's money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Russell Westbrook tonight. Jesus. One turnover. One turnover. Yeah. Whoopee. Eight points, 12 boards, six assists, one steal. Okay, right? Two for 14 shooting, 0 of 5 from three. And here's the thing, Matt. Some of this is circumstantial. Some of this, sure. I almost feel bad for him. I feel bad for him personally. But... If you watch the final, the end of the third quarter through the fourth quarter, every single time the Kings made a run, it felt like, anyway, it was off of a Russell Westbrook play. Think about the end of the third. Russ misses a three, Buddy Heald gets a dunk. Russ turns the ball over, Buddy Heald hits a three, right? The Lakers had just cut the lead down to six. Boom, back up to 11 heading into, into the fourth quarter. Then the Lakers are coming back. It's a two-point game in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook... With not much time, right? The Lakers are are playing from behind, pounds the basketball for, what was it, maybe 10 seconds? Yeah. At an angle above the arc where he is at his worst shooting the three, his lowest percentage shot, he pounds the air out of the ball, wastes time on the clock. The rest of the Lakers are stagnant off ball. And it ultimately leads into a Russ missed three, which turns into a Kings run out. They score. They hit a three in transition ball game i'm not good at math trevor but that's a 16 point swing you just outlined yes that was bad that was very very bad in fact uh i was talking about this and i have not this is a line that i haven't crossed yet matt this is a line that i haven't crossed but i was texting you and i mentioned that the lakers might need to bench russell westbrook down the stretch that you Mm. might be that your best scenario if you want to win the game is you bite the bullet and whatever's going to come with it, right? Because you know it's going to generate a lot of buzz. You know people are going to be talking about it. But the way that game was going, if you wanted to win, my opinion was that Russell Westbrook could not finish the game. No, I think you're right. And they didn't go that route. They didn't bench him. And sure enough, and again, this isn't. it's not all on Russell Westbrook. It's not. The, the defensive concerns, everything else that was happening, but the big plays that Russ did make down the stretch helped the Kings more than they helped the Lakers. Yeah, this is, um, man, this is a topic we talked about in the offseason, and this, here it is coming to life, right? Yeah. Um, I said at the time that it would take a perfect storm for Frank Vogel or the coaching staff to admit that maybe they need to bench Russell Westbrook in the closing minutes of a close game. And I think tonight was the perfect recipe for it. Mm-hmm. Poor shooting. 
Um, you know, not playing very great defense. Uh, the rest of the team is doing well in their absence, um, namely Austin Reeves. So, you know, all those factors combined, and and we saw a glimpse of it actually. And I don't think it's a surprise that the uh, the Lakers went on a small run when Westbrook was out for those like yes. two or three minutes in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, when I believe it was Wayne Ellington that they subbed in just for some spacing purposes because they didn't like that the Kings were packing the paint constantly. Um, and then I thought, oh, and I even texted you. I said, I just noticed they took Russell Westbrook out. Yeah. And I was genuinely surprised, but I was like, that's probably the best move. And then Vogel puts it back in with like, I think it was like four and a half minutes left to play. And then, uh, I mean, to, to, his, to be fair, the Lakers did pull within two with uh-huh. Russell on the floor, but it's just down the stretch. Like the, the it's just such bad timing when it, stuff it happens was. for us. And was like was Russ involved in any of those plays that helped the Lakers pull back to within two? I can't, no, I can't think is, of any. I mean, you now I will say he was great on the glass, and that's consistently oh, sure. he's been fantastic rebounding. I always Leading want to give him credit 12. credit there. Yeah, he was great on the glass. But beside that, did Westbrook help the Lakers close the gap with the Kings at all? Uh. Close it? No. Open it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, and the sad part is, and I tweeted this out as a complete joke um, and that our Lakers Nation account retweeted, but I said, I think the only three people that should ever get to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter of this game are LeBron, Monk, and Reeves. Mm-hmm. And I was completely joking. And I started tracking the shots just for fun because I started to pick <laughs> up some steam. I'm dead serious. I started tracking the shots. As soon as I tweeted that, LeBron tough fadeaway shot, he hit. Uh, Ellington took a three, airballed it. Monk drove to the rim, got free throws. LeBron, again, layup, layup. And then more Monk on the cup to pull the Lakers within four. And then at that point, I was like, wow, this was a joke. And I think this has to be actually the strat. And then lo and behold, Russ takes a three, bad shot. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I don't know. Like when trolling is fun, it's, it's funny to me. But when it actually happens in the games and it turns out to be the correct move, it's... I don't know, like to me, it makes me feel better about myself, but also it makes me sad to think that really no one outside of those three did anything in that fourth quarter to help the Lakers win this game. Yeah, and that's and we will get some positive. I mean, Austin Reeves was a major positive, but to finish. Do we do a next man up? Can we give him a next man up? Yeah, like I don't even I don't want to do one. I don't even know if we can do a 360. Somebody somebody in a super chat said you need to change the 360 to the 36 award. I, you should just change it to the LeBron James Award. The LeBron James Award. Um, and LeBron wasn't even great by LeBron standards tonight. 13 of 29 shooting, 3 of 12 from 3, 5 of 10 at the line. Uh, only one turnover, but 7 boards, 6 assists, 34 points. Uh, but his his shooting efficiency just, just wasn't <laughs> how, there. How crazy is it that 35, 34, 7, and 6 is an off night for LeBron? Well, the efficiency. <laughs> I mean, shooting, the efficiency was not great. Right. But I'm just saying, if you're looking at a box score, you would think, oh, it's not a bad game. Yeah. But you look at LeBron's name. but. You you give that stat line to like Monk or or Reeves or whoever that looks amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, absolutely. But but LeBron is, I mean, well, LeBron has a is. an argument for the greatest ever, right? Yes. So I, I mean, agree. if that's the case, he's obviously going to be held to a much higher standard. Um, so I don't even feel comfortable doing like a 360 award on this one. I mean, I I think by default it's LeBron because Westbrook was so so bad. Um. But this was not a great LeBron night. It, we should really just change the award criteria to do we hand it out, yes or no? Do, not do who are we, we going to give it. Does LeBron get this award tonight or no? I mean, if anything, when Anthony Davis comes back, it should just really be more like do we give it to Russ or AD tonight? Yeah. 
because I think at this point LeBron is is going to drag. Ah, oh, man, who made this comparison? And I think even I did it, but it really does sort of mimic the 2018 Cavs team, mm-hmm. like right before the deadline. Um, and it just I, I don't know what it is, but I, the difference here though is there's, the fire sale really isn't coming unless you're just dumping minimum guys. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I'm sure we're getting a lot of that stuff in the chat too. I can only imagine. Yeah, we're getting plenty of people that are just saying trade Westbrook for what, guys? Please tell me. I, I, we may be at a point like if the Lakers said, if the Lakers said Russell Westbrook, if they if they put up a flyer, right, send it around, send a little memo around, group text or something like that. <laughs> all the GMs, all the GMs, their, their text thread. Yeah. Rob Palenka <laughs> says. Russell Westbrook, what will you give me? How many teams respond? Um, I think all of them do, but probably with like crying, laughing emojis, right? Yeah, and it's not even just like we've we've said this. If Russell Westbrook was making fifteen million, even twenty million, oh great, be interested. It's the it's not just the play on the tonight. The play on the floor was bad, but it's not just the play on the floor. It's the the contract. That is the reason why. And sometimes we can overstate like, oh, and again, tonight, Russell Westbrook was really, really bad. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about the missed shots and the turnovers and kind of how all that's playing out. But in general, it's the contract that is making teams not want him, not necessarily the fact that he just can't help you win. Tonight, he did not help the Lakers. Tonight, I think they had, tonight, if Russell Westbrook had stayed in LA, I think they would have had a better chance to win this game. And, and that, I, I don't think that's true every single night. I'm just saying that tonight. No, I, I, I think I think you're right. If they said, hey, Russ, take a veteran day off tonight. Right. It's the Kings. Kings. Um, yeah, I, I think they would have had a better shot of winning tonight. Um, and yeah, for the umpteenth time, like it's not so much that the Lakers... I mean, I'm sure they're privately having conversations because they're smart basketball people. They can't look at nights like tonight and go, this is a championship team. Right. They just can't. There's no way. Um, even the most optimistic person in the entire world, a.k.a. me, cannot comfortably sit here and tell you right now that the Lakers, as currently constructed, are a championship team. Um, and this is why I go back and forth on this all day sometimes. What player in the NBA right now is going to instantly turn this team into you know, an elite team on the level of like the Nets, the Bucks, the Suns, the Warriors? I can't name one. Um and so, yeah, Russell Westbrook's part of that problem, obviously, but it's going to cost the Lakers more to move him, and they're not going to be getting anything useful back. This this was hurt. one of those, we've been having that debate lately of, are the Lakers better off with just a game-managing point guard? This is an argument, this game is an argument for that, for why they would be better off with just a game-manager point guard that isn't nearly as dynamic as Russell Westbrook can be when he's at his best, but isn't going to make, like, I think of, Jose Calderon. To me, he oh, is sure. he is the the quintessential game manager point guard. Low turnovers, can hit the open three, just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and that's what he does. He just doesn't hurt Prime, doesn't hurt you. Prime Darren Collison. Yeah, yeah. Prime I, Darren Collison, another great example of, of what yep. of what Steady I'm talking point about. Guard. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we do need to mention though the turnovers. So Russell Westbrook has, I mean, legit gotten better at not turning the ball over can't turn the ball over if you shoot a lot that's but that's the thing right that's the thing is that now coinciding with the lack of turnovers has been 
all of these missed shots. And so what's happened is it's effectively been the same thing. Because if he's, anything, they're worse. Yeah, he's he's missing shots so badly that it's turning into transition opportunities for the opponent, just like it would be a live ball turnover. So it's like somehow you've got to get the Russell Westbrook that can finish at least a decent clip so that the opponent is taking the ball out of the basket while still not turning the ball over. And right now we, we're getting low turnover Russell Westbrook, but he's missing everything. And he's missing yeah. it so badly that it, it might as well just be a turnover. So on one hand, it's like, all oh, right, Russ is fixing things. All right, we're, we're not seeing turnovers. And yet you're not getting the result. You're not getting the positive out of it because he, just, he can't throw the ball in the ocean right now. Well, what do you think about this point? I think it was Nate Jones on Twitter, who I follow, and I'm sure you do too, mm -hmm. that has mentioned that I think Russ's declining athleticism hasn't aged very well because he hasn't developed any kind of counter moves or other... Yeah. He hasn't added things to his arsenal as far as finishing the paint because, you know, for peak Russell Westbrook or just Russell Westbrook in general, he is still very, very, very athletic at the point guard position. Oh, sure. At this point in his career. But what made Russ so special is that he was such a force physically that he would finish through guys and straight up over dudes right now. That's not happening. And I, 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 maybe it's a lack of burst. Maybe it's a lack of, you know, like uh vertical on his, on his jumps. I don't know what it is, but you can just tell he's not quite the same, you know, physical specimen as a, as a point guard attacking the basket anymore. Uh, of course, you're still going to get those athletic finishes like off the wrong foot or, you know, like really quick bursts, but it's not quite the same. And I think he hasn't really adapted or adjusted his game quite yet or hasn't caught up to him yet so in his mind he still thinks he can do that but it's very apparent especially recently that that's not been the case and so while he is shot chart i mean outside of today's game but prior to today's game it's 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 ideally what you want yes he's going to take a couple mid-range shots mm -hmm. maybe a couple wide open threes but for the most part he's trying to get to the rim and shoot there he's just not finishing very well yeah. and that's been a problem so listen to this. I put this out there on Twitter this morning. By the way, these numbers have probably changed a little bit because this is not including tonight's game. But on my Twitter account, I put out Russell Westbrook's shot attempts this season compared to last season. Mid-range, he's taking about half the mid-range shots this season compared to last season. Cut him in half. That's a good thing. Yeah. Above the break threes. Above oh. the break threes. He is taking... He took 3.7 per game last season. He's taking 2.4 per game this season. Should be just zero. Great. But, but, but I mean, hey, still, that's that's a step it's in the lower, right direction. Yeah. At the right. rim, shots at the rim. He was taking six per game last season. He's taking almost eight per game this season. Given those numbers heading into the season, wouldn't you say, oh, we're probably seeing a pretty decent version of Russell Westbrook. So we can live with it. Yeah, yeah, right? Like that sounds pretty good. So what's the problem? His shooting at the rim from within five feet, it was 62% last season. It's 54.7% this season. And after tonight, I'm sure that number's even lower. Yeah, 62% at the rim is really good. That's like almost big man numbers. He is, for the yeah. most part, doing the things that you would have hoped he would do in terms of the shots that he's taking. Now, obviously, there's some that he shouldn't take. Then we saw that tonight. But over the course of the season, he has made the shift already towards taking the shots that you want and it hasn't helped that much and that's scary it really is um what do you think about this idea instead of lebron at center why don't we just play russ there <laughs> at center <laughs> that, yeah. that's ultra small ball here russ go guard alex len <laughs> 
No, I'm serious. Let's just have LeBron run point normally and then have Russ in the same spots, like in the post, like, you know, running actions there. Maybe use him as a passer more from the post area. Sure. You know, I'm just throwing ideas out there because let's face it, this is Russ. Guys, I hope you are not holding your breath for a Russ trade this season. I, I really hope no, you're not. It's, it's you will, not. You are going to suffocate and die if you're holding your breath for that right now. Yeah. It's not going to uh, happen. He's not going to get. No, he's not going to get moved um, this season. Maybe in the off season when he's an expiring contract. Absolute earliest he will get moved. Yeah, I can't see anybody actually taking on that contract. I mean, even just logistically having the ability to take on Russ's contract. But do you think there's any Ooh. team out there right now watching this and saying, "Sign us up, give us some of that"? No. Uh, you, did you see that Sam Amick report this morning? Because I'm sure someone's going to bring it up about uh, the Sixers trying to attach, attach Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris. Yeah. Simmons. And right. I did a, I did I did a quick math check on that. That's like 68, 70 million in salary. Yep. Uh, surprisingly enough, the Lakers can get kind of almost sort of close to that. But Russell Westbrook, THT, Kendrick Nunn. Yep. For that package. That's 60 million. You're still a little bit short. And, but... and so you'd have to add in, you know, a. a veteran minimum or whatever you can you'd have to try to get i'm only bringing it up because i'm sure someone's going to bring it up and i just wanted to get ahead of it and say look how logistically difficult that is already oh sure. <laughs> and that's and that's the sixers and that's trying to match salaries who's to say the sixers even want that and they don't they don't, and they don't. um that was something that was also brought up that i've seen that's out there that actually daryl morey because he lost his westbrook trade very badly right gave oh, up yeah. gave up chris paul who right now is the better player plus a couple of firsts, plus pick swaps in order to get Westbrook, right? So he gave up a lot. And he apparently, this is what's out there, I believe this was in the Amic piece, still feels kind of guilty about that. And that's part of why he has no interest in trading for Russell Westbrook again, because last time he traded for him, it was, it was probably his worst trade that he's made. And so that he's not going to do that. I have to imagine that that was not a Maury-driven deal and that was a Fertitta deal. Mostly. Uh, and, man, Chris Paul just gave us a great FU season from Oklahoma City that year. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Uh, but, sorry, the reason I'm bringing it up again is just because that is, like, one of the, you know, one of the frequent trade requests I see in my DMs or in my replies He's a lot. Like, hey, yeah, can the Lakers get Simmons with Russ? And I say, if you're the Sixers, why do you want Russ? <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. Exacerbate your problems with spacing, and you get a worse defender, and he's on a worse contract. <sighs> it's a tough spot, that's for sure. But the Lakers knew; they knew if it didn't work, there was no escape. There's no, there's no getting out of it if it doesn't work. They put all their eggs in this basket and said, "LeBron's going to figure out. LeBron's going to make this work. As a team, we'll make this work. AD is good. At, right? This is going to work for us." It hasn't quite gone that way. Hey, not to beat a dead horse or anything, yeah. but given that everyone and their mom who's a Lakers fan this year has been trying to ship THT off in a deal, um, with with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, mm -hmm. would you do the Kyle Lowry deal at the deadline last year? I mean, you have the added benefit of you probably don't do the rust trade. That is you, exactly where I'm going. If you it. do the, the Kyle Lowry trade. And so that's where you probably say yes. But, you know, I was thinking about this. Um, we say this all the time heading into the trade deadline. Sometimes the best trade that is the one that you don't make. Looking right. back, looking back, the best path for the Lakers, it wasn't even trading for Buddy Heald. The best path for the Lakers was keeping all of their guys. 
Oh, yeah, Can you imagine right now if the Lakers had $13 million Kyle Kuzma, $10 million Montrez Harrell, Alex Caruso at, what, $8 million or or whatever. All these guys, all these other little salaries that you can stack up, can you imagine the opportunities that would be there on the trade market right now? Yeah, you could trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what happened. I'm just saying, that was the... That this is the quintessential standing pat would have been the thing to do this past offseason. Man, that just makes me sad because I just realized Kuz and Trez would have been able to get you Jeremy Grant this year and kept Caruso. Probably. Yeah. And, you know, Kuz being a Detroit guy, young prospect wing, like that would have worked. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just making myself sadder. I've got some this. people. Uh, somebody said the best path was DeRozan. Okay, but I mean, remember that's... that that was a sign and trade. Then you're triggering that hard cap, which means you're probably no, saying is... goodbye THT, goodbye Caruso. Those guys are gone just because you don't have the you can't sign them under the hard cap. And then you're also losing Kuzma and KCP. So you're essentially trading THT, pr- at least one of them, probably both of them. Caruso, THT, Kuzma, KCP for DeRozan. That's probably the you swap know... that you're making if if that's the path you want to go down. And so that's that's where you wonder whether or not that was, you know, what you want to do. And, you know, I bet there are going to be some people that said, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you might not be wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm saying you can make an argument. Anyway, I need to get into some of our super chats here. Uh, Vaughn Jr. says Austin Reeves and LeBron were playing some amazing high IQ defense at the end of the game. Yeah, LeBron did turn it on at the end of the game. At the end oh, of the sure game. Did. Early on, yeah. early on, he didn't have that energy. But I almost like LeBron's 37 years old. He's been carrying the team night in and night out. If he's a little worn out, I can't even fault him that much, right? Um, He said, P.S., I don't know. played almost 40 minutes tonight. Yeah. He said, P.S., I don't know what to say about Russ. Um, Yeah, we just said a lot about Russ. Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about Austin Reeves. Oh, yeah, my guy. My goodness. Austin Reeves, HBK, 7 for 10 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, 3 boards, 19 points, and he made it 4 of 7 from 3, did a lot of things that simply don't show up on the stat sheet. There was a play where Alex Len was going to get a lob, and Austin Reeves, who looks like, I understand, Reeves is 6'5", Alex Len is like 7 foot, right? But on the floor, it looks like, you could stack up two of Austin Reeves and that's what it would take to equal one Alex Len. And Reeves comes flying in and knocks away a lob attempt from him. And it wound up going off of Alex Len and the Lakers got the ball. Like that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but that's just a fantastic play by Austin Reeves. He's making a difference out there on the floor. And tonight was a great performance from him. Yeah, drew a couple charges, got into, you know, people's jerseys. Um, Can I just say that, like, as much as I like Avery Bradley, it, like, I know I might catch some heat for this, but I really do think you just need to start Austin Reeves at this point. Over Bradley? Yes, absolutely. Like, I I know, I know Vogel loves the energy or, you know, the mindset or whatever that Bradley brings on the floor, like the, the, um, the tenor, the, um, you know, the tone, the tone setting guy. Sure. Like, I get it. But what has he done to really warrant more more minutes than Austin Reeves, you know, outside of the injury that happened, right? He's, he's two for nine shooting tonight, 0 for four from three, four assists. He's had some bigger games recently, though, where he's been been really good. But um, this is my thing, though, is like, give, give, give me Austin's, give, give his spot to Austin every night, and I guarantee you the Lakers will look better coming out the gates. Yeah, I mean, look, the advanced stats also show that Austin Reeves is a guy that you can put into pretty much any lineup 
and, and they're will, all positive. And he, and he will make that lineup better. And they're all positive. That's not Trevor. This is not a surprise to me anymore. And it's not a meme anymore. It's not even like half a joke. It's me being completely serious. Mm-hmm. If this team is so bad coming out of third quarters, and if this team needs a jolt in your starting lineup because you've got a lot of veterans tonight, they started Trevor Ariza over Stanley Johnson tonight. Um, you just need more youth infusion. You need more guys. I thought inserting Monk in the starting lineup was great. I mm-hmm. love that move. I think he should stick there for the rest of the season, but put Reeves in there too. And I think you'll see some better results. So Westbrook, Reeves, Monk, LeBron AD. Yeah. That's your lineup? Give, give me that. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue against that. I can't argue against that. Avery Bradley will still get 20 minutes off the bench because sure. he's Avery Bradley. Sure. But I don't... At, he's like fool's gold to me at this point. Um, when he has a big night, great. That'll buy him, you know, three or four games of people saying he should start. And then when he has nights like tonight where he's not really much of a factor, then, you know, we're going to revisit this conversation again. Why don't you just give the guy that deserves a starting job the spot now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's produ- if he's producing and so far he has been, maybe he should. Maybe you like, should. I, I mean, I, it would make I, more sense than starting Ariza tonight and benching Stanley Johnson. Sure. Like, if you wanted to go that route, go ultra, ultra, ultra small. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I'm just saying, and I feel like I'm, like, on my stump, right? This is, like, my speech. <laughs> I'm, like, angry man yelling at clouds. Just start Austin Reeves. Like, at this point, it doesn't matter what you're... It doesn't matter he's a rookie. It doesn't matter he was undrafted. It doesn't matter that, you know, uh, he, he can still, you know, have... He can still float in and out of game sometimes, or it can be a little bit too tentative. But he's been playing with a lot more confidence recently, and you can definitely tell. Um, and I think you should reward him for it. Oh, man. The bird print said, start Monk, Reeves, Johnson, LeBron, Dwight. <laughs> you know, that'd be a fun second <laughs> second, second quarter lineup. So he's not saying bench Russell Westbrook for the, the closing stretch. He's just saying bench Russell Westbrook. Period. Oh my goodness. Guys, oh, yeah. if you feel that way, I completely get it. I'm just right. saying politically it's never going to happen. But the lineup you just outlined would be yeah. great to start the second quarter. Uh, here we've got a comment coming in, uh, Super Chat. And by the way, guys, I've been saving the Super Chat, so I've got a lot of them to get through here. Uh said a couple of things. I was a Russ fan. I'm not a hater, but I don't see the value of having him on the court. No natural pace, no ability to create or shoot, and poor IQ. Um... Another comment about Westbrook said, Westbrook attempted wide open threes when he could have drove the ball, attacked the rim, or find the open shooter. Uh, His decision is so poor. What do you think? I thought the Kings did a really nice job walling off the paint tonight. Every time Russell Westbrook went to drive, he had one, if not two people, just standing right in his way. Alex Lund even exaggerated it and basically invited Russell Westbrook. He played 10 feet off of him and and just prevented him from getting to the rim. And Russ was kind of left unsure of, of what to do. Um... So yeah, it messes with you. If you're, if you, you know, when you play basketball and someone gives you, if someone invites you with that much space, no matter how uh-huh. bad of a shooter you are, you are very, very, very tempted, and it's hard to resist that urge unless you're a big man that absolutely yeah. never shoots. Um, can I tell you a funny joke? Um, I took the under <laughs> on Russell Westbrook's second half points. Mm-hmm. The line was at eleven, and I was going to text you and say I'm nervous because I'm, this would not be surprising if Russ just decides to ball hog and shoot until he gets to like 12 points, right? Uh, do you want to guess how many second half points he scored? I don't know. 
zero. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be like zero. He's only zero. two for fourteen on the night. Wow. Yeah, no, it was zero. And uh, yeah, that's just so disappointing that I wasn't, and I was hoping to be wrong because if he scores more than eleven, I'm gonna assume the Lakers are doing not bad. Um, but <sighs> no. Sorry, sorry. That was a quick aside. I was and, and you didn't need to be. I was nervous. Didn't, so, so you won. Does that make you feel better, Matt? And I you did. won. Apparently you not. won your bet. But no. Now we're all upset at what cost. It's not worth it. At what cost? <laughs> it's not worth Shea it. Shea Jordan what, said, "Will they ever learn? Rest down the stretch me. equals don't let him shoot. Don't give him the ball. Period. He's cold AF all night. When is enough enough? It, did you notice? So the Kings in the arena." When they announced Russell Westbrook, the Kings Arena played cold as ice. Yes. And then he was. It's funny. Um, Jared Chalker said, if we don't win the chip this season, I'd much rather see Austin Reeves take half of Russ's minutes to expedite his progress. He's so good. So if you you make the decision, okay, we're not going to win this year, just start throwing all the minutes you can at Austin Reeves, right? Did you? I tweeted that out. I literally, I tweeted out at this point, just give yeah. literally all the minutes Reeves can handle. Yeah. And, and that, and the thing I is, tweeted that out verbatim. That may not be a, oh, we're worried about future development move. That might be a win now the, move. A... <laughs> it, it absolutely is. You cannot sit here and tell me that literally every lineup that Reeves plays in is a net right. positive and tell me that he doesn't deserve more minutes. Would it like, if you just subscribe to the old basketball theory of play your, your starting five would just be your, your five best players. Tell me right who's, now. Who's their five like best outside players? Outside of LeBron. It's, it's Mo- what, well, other, and that are available Monk. right now? I mean, yeah, it's probably Reeves. It's, it's Monk, it's yeah, LeBron, right it's Reeves, and then... But yeah, I'll go so I, I think that if, if, AD if AD's healthy, Reeves is probably still in that mix. It's AD, LeBron, Monk, Reeves... See, yeah, well, I mean, you think if Russ is going to get those minutes, and I think big picture, Russ has Russ has a higher ceiling than anybody else. But on a night like tonight, absolutely, it's really, it's really, yeah, yeah. Outside of, I mean, of the guys that are left, I mean, that I didn't name, Russ's right? ceiling is higher than anybody else that's okay. left. Yes, but when you have just had a night like tonight, absolutely. it's hard to argue for that, right? Well, we just talked about it. Russ's ceiling is great, but if you have a team with LeBron James playing this well and presumably a healthy AD at some point, you don't really necessarily need more ceiling raisers for yeah. the regular season. You just need floor raisers. And that's what we've been saying you about need role guys players. That that's the, that's the key for role players. Find guys that do not hurt you. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you like the dating analogy. J.C. Uh, Ortiz... Take take the girls you want to oh, take the, you date the girls you want to take home to meet mom. Not the ones that will said bench no, Russ, Westbrook in the last minutes of the fourth. That's something we've been been certainly talking about here. Uh, Lowry, uh, nineteen ninety three, not spelled like Kyle Lowry, said Trevor. I have nothing left for Russ Vogel's inability to go big after fifty plus points in the paint. Much I like Avery Bradley, he can't start. Um, so oh. The Kings announced Russ as the coldest ice player at the end of the game. That's what Mr. Easley lets us know in a super chat. I missed that. Oh, man. man. Damn. 
No, they're not. I mean, they're not um, wrong, but... So, are we at a point... Like, how are we feeling about the small ball thing? Like, I've got a lot of people that are upset that Vogel didn't play Dwight more, didn't go to Dwight faster, but I also think that Vogel can't play... Dwight can't play 48 minutes. He That's can't exactly play 48 minutes, That's so exactly my point. you're going to have to play small ball right now unless you want to put DeAndre Jordan on the floor and everything we've seen has told us that is the path to losing basketball games. It's putting DeAndre Jordan on the floor. It just You look at all the lineups, okay. when you put DeAndre Jordan in, they get worse. So you're going small for at least a decent chunk of the game. Tonight, Dwight played only 15 minutes. I think you could argue he should have played more. So I think there is an argument here. But 30, what, 35-ish? Dwight Howard, is he 36 yet? Yeah, you can't... I, I don't think playing six. Dwight... 30 minutes a night is possible. I'd even question 25 minutes a night. He's Sorry, 36. for anyone that's not watching the YouTube vod right now, if you're watching... Yeah, he's 36. If you're watching... If you're listening to the podcast version tomorrow, just know that when Trevor brought up DeAndre Jordan's name, I started shaking my head vigorously, like the uh, Adam Devine meme <laughs> from uh, Pitch Perfect, where he's like, nope, nope. Uh, that was literally me, because I am not playing that guy under any circumstances whatsoever. Uh, um, but to the question's point, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to necessarily pin everything on small ball. And it kind of just feels to me it's one of those situations where let's look for something to, to point the finger at and, and assume it's that that's the issue. Um, yes, 50 points in the paint is incredibly bad. I, I agree with that statement for sure. Uh, but like what Trevor said, Dwight's not going to be able to play 48 minutes. He's just not. Um, and Vogel's already come out and said, too, when AD's back, the two centers in the rotation are basically going to be him and LeBron. So, um while I do think Dwight definitely deserves mm -hmm. minutes, and I don't even think it's a matchup thing anymore, I, I definitely think he's good for at least two shifts, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes tops. Um, he is not the cure-all for the Lakers' problems right now. Um, yes, I think he does well in limited minutes, but, you know, extend that out to, you know, 20, 25 minutes even. I remember there is was he still a point in time sure. where Pau Gasol left the Lakers and Jordan Hill was going to take over the starting center. Yeah, dark times. Jordan oh. Hill was going to take over the starting center job. And if you looked at the advanced stats... Everything told you, if this guy's getting 36 minutes a night, he's he's going to put up insane numbers. He's going to be great. What happened was, when he got more minutes, his production dropped big time. I think that's probably yep. what you would see out of a 25 to 30 yep. minute a night Dwight Howard. Now, maybe when AD gets back, you could argue, well, you should, they should go to some more big lineups, and you do see more Dwight Howard than we were projecting or something. You know, you can definitely argue that. But... Tonight, should Dwight have played more than 15 minutes? Yes, but how many more? Probably not a lot. We're, I, I'm saying it, it would make a difference, but does it change the outcome of this game? I don't know. Yeah, you know, when I look at per 36 minutes like that, like obviously the numbers look great, but there are projections um, for anyone that works, you know, in, in companies or, you know, that like measure stuff like residue, re revenue and do forecasting and stuff. Uh, your projections and forecasts for like the next quarter or the next year are always going to be a lot more than what you actually do. It's a very optimistic way of looking at things. So while, you know, Dwight's per 36 minutes probably look great. Uh, it's probably telling you, oh, if Dwight played 36 minutes, mm -hmm. he would average, I don't know, 15 points and 20 rebounds and five blocks, whatever. Um, that's great, but in actuality, that's not going to happen. Uh, there's human capital that that's involved here, and it, and you also have to consider the lineups that Dwight's playing against, too. Um, there's a lot of factors, and it's it's kind of a noisy stat that I like to clip, but uh, my point being is that more minutes doesn't necessarily equate production all the time. Um, if anything, it's like we've got some quotes returns. coming in here. 
from the post game. <sighs> oh, great. Okay. My favorite. Russell Westbrook. Who said talking? the word slump is not something I lean on. I'll figure it out. And that's that. He said, I got no excuses. I always look at myself and figure out ways Makes to sense. become better. One thing I never do is panic. He also said that on that play where he took the three at the end of the fourth, the Lakers did run a play, but the Kings shut that play down and the clock was winding down. And so that's why he took the shot. Sorry, I'm just, I was looking through the quotes and then I got a reply that said, Russ is like the girl you date for fun, but you don't marry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, he also... He also it's said to catch on. I uh, he was asked if there are any funny. stats he looks at more than most. He said turning the ball over, taking care of the ball is important to me. <laughs> that makes sense. It's hard to turn the okay. ball over. Well, I mean, bad shots. it's good. To, it's good to know that he cares about turnovers because that was not the impression earlier in the season. And he's made quotes that contradict that or he's made statements that contradict that before where he said that turnovers are just something that happened in basketball and things of things of that nature. Yeah, but but good to hear that not he turning the ball that, over is something that's important to him. Now, putting that ball into the basket. thats If we can make those two things important to him, maybe we will see a better version of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Look, guys, no, I don't know what you want. You can have us. one or the other. <laughs> I can either make shots or I can, I can turn the ball the over. You, you pick. I, I didn't say that right, but yeah. You get the gist. It's like... <laughs> It's it's like a net negative. Get away, yeah. <laughs> God, you know, surprisingly enough, he he had the. This is why I don't like plus minus ever because look, he was the actual by by plus minus standards out of the starting lineup, he was the best. <sighs> one. If you needed any more indication that it Caruso. is not a good you know stat to lean on for analysis, there. <laughs> The plus minus king. Yes, but Alex Caruso um, is At this trigger. point, super chat. At this point, do you do anything to get rid of Russ? Like a trade that involves Tobias Harris. He has to fit better than Russ does, right? And um, why doesn't uh, Frank Vogel have the guts to not play Russ Westbrook and play Dwight? Uh, this loss is on Vogel. Look, I, I do think that Vogel should have benched Westbrook down the stretch. I thought it was pretty clear. Even if you're a Russell Westbrook optimist. All right, even if you think that Russ can't, and I think there are nights where he can help the team. Um, tonight was not that night. And that's where, as a coach, you look at that and you say, you know sure. what, tonight's it's not working. But I think all the other factors caused Vogel. Like if Russell Westbrook was not Russell Westbrook, if it was Malik Monk even, he's probably not in the game to close. If he was having the night that, that Westbrook had, it's because he's Westbrook oh, that he closed the game. Um, as far as getting rid of Russell Westbrook, it's extremely difficult. Like we said, the Sixers, Sixers don't want him. Um, most teams are not, most teams aren't capable of trading for him. Even if, even if Rob Palenka said top 55 protected second rounder, and he's yours, take him. Most of the teams in the NBA logistically cannot do it. They can't, they can't get there. Right. Even if there was a way to do it for yeah. free, they, they, they can't take on that salary. Guys, I always do this, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to continue to say it because I think we're going to get this question until the trade deadline. But always mm -hmm. look at the deal from the other team's perspective and ask yourself, would you do it? If I am a 76ers fan right now, and I had a Laker fan come up to me and say, hey, I we want Tobias Harris. We heard you're trying to get rid of him. We'll give you Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. What do you think that 76ers fan is going to do? They're probably going to laugh at you. 
Um, you know, so I get it. You know, salaries wise, you could make it work. It's it's a little bit more palatable that way. Um, but you have to consider what the other team wants in the trade and if what you're offering well, is meeting. And what I've they got want. people saying and if it's well, not, Russ will bust no out of it, at least he's not turned the ball over. Yeah, look, that's that's the ideal situation. Is you continue to keep this low version this low turnover version of Russ. Sure. And then he starts hitting shots. Then then you've got something, right? But right now you're getting low turnover Russ, which is great. Don't turn the ball over. But he's missing everything. And so if the hope is, okay, this is a slump, he's going to bust out of it. Okay, maybe maybe a month from now, he gets going. And if that happens, then we'll be singing his praises. Because we try to call it like we see it. Um, George yeah, Torres said, why are they so lazy? Always question effort. The only one that consistently, consistently plays hard is Austin Reeves. Fan for 34 years. I've never hated a team like this. They're They're lazy. You know, I've had a lot of people say that That's this season has not been enjoyable, that this has been one of their least enjoyable seasons in a long time, that even when it the really Lakers had been. the kids, it was more enjoyable because the expectation was going in, okay, buckle up, these kids are going to make mistakes, but let's look for flashes and let's look for positives, but we understand they're going to... Right, but we understand they're going to lose games and this is going to be part of the process. Hope. Whereas now, the expectation was, this team can contend and you're seeing kind of joyless basketball on, on certain nights. Um, so I think there's some truth to that in terms of this being a, not a fun season, certainly, for Lakers fans. LeBron's done some amazing things this yeah, season. LeBron. But there have been a lot of lows this season as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the only time I can think of a recent season that might, you know, sure. be parallel to this is the 2012-13 season. Um and that's just because we all thought they were going to go to the finals for sure. Uh, but then things crash and burn very quickly. Uh, but the only thing that really saved that was Kobe, right? Uh, this year, even though LeBron is playing out of his mind for a 37-year-old, yeah, <laughs> there's not really much else to speak of other than Austin Reeves. And that and that just goes to show you how bad the season's gone is that when, our, when we light up, when we talk about an undrafted rookie and a guy that got a veteran minimum in Malik Monk, uh, things yeah. are not probably Scott going Baker well. said this season is not enjoyable at all. Yeah, I don't blame you for saying that. I, I mean, I, I see it all the time. People are so fed up with this team already, and it's because it's wildly inconsistent. Yeah, you don't know. You just don't. You, you don't, don't know you if even you're going to settle in and you're going to get a good Lakers performance, or if you're going to go up against a team that really you should beat, and you're going to lose, and you're going to walk away upset and frustrated. And that's just that's what we've seen this season. Do you remember uh, the old Lakers teams from like 2008, 2010, where like they would blow out a team and you would just turn off the game because it was like such a sh you didn't have to watch anymore and like it was so stress free. And here, here you and I, a decade later, later sweating over the Lakers yep. possibly coming back against a really That's, bad Kings team. Things have changed a bit. Oh God. Um, somebody said, and I've got a few a people asking this: Russ and some second rounders for John Wall, better defender, smarter on offense, way better player. The Rockets don't want Russ. Guys. For a couple of second why? round picks. If anything, the why? Rockets, what they want to do is they want to take John Wall and break up his contract into some other guys. If they if you offer them, for example, three role players, they would rather do that because then you split up that contract and then you can piece those out. However, Right. And so then then you've got something Flexibility you can do there. Now, deals. obviously, roster yeah. spots are limited and everything. But the Rockets already had Russell Westbrook. And so... 
swapping, making that swap anyway is probably a neutral move for the Lakers because who's to say that John Wall is going to be like, we're just assuming that John Wall that we haven't seen in however long is going to be better than what we're getting out of Russell Westbrook right now. And we have no idea whether or not that's actually true. Not to mention the fact that the Rockets aren't going to do that. There's no reason for them to make that kind of a move. I'll say this right now. If if uh-huh. the Lakers actually did do that trade, right? John Wall for Russ, whatever. Um, how, how much many, better are the Lakers? How many after? minutes are you playing John Wall? Honest question. That's my other thing, too. Well, I mean, just in a vacuum. Right? Sorry, bingo card. Um, in a vacuum, how much better are no, you than... Are, are you championship so. level good with John Wall? Is... Well, but um, well I'm sure, we I'm no sure idea if John Wall is better than Russell Westbrook but... right now. You're we just, don't. That's my whole point. Yeah. Is you're trading. I get you're, it. You're frustrated with Russ, but let's say John Wall comes and things are you know fine. That's a, like a rage court, trade. Okay, that's, but they're still losing. I'm angry because sure. Allen Robinson has been terrible this season. So give me Julio Jones for him, right? Like that. I I I shipped them off for a third round pick, Trevor. I took him in the first fourth round, and that's, I shipped them off for a third round good. pick. Yeah. Sunk cost. It's like it's that kind of trade. But guys, here's my whole thing: trading NBA players in real life is nowhere yeah. near the equivalent to fantasy basketball. It's just not. <laughs> um, there are a lot more variables to consider. And yeah, if you want to look up John Wall's, you know, last complete season, I don't even remember when that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said complete for a reason, because um, I know he played a little bit, you know, last year and stuff. But like, when's the last year you got a fully healthy John Wall and? Yeah. Do we? Is it for sure that we're getting that version back? And just keep him on the bench, and the Lakers would be better. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Chad! (laughs) Uh, Jason Kelly said, "How many games like this must we watch with a low IQ player uh, play like this until Vogel benches him again?" I thought. Uh, at least, Lords of the Sky, if we happen to finish in the 7th through the 10th seed, how confident do you guys feel about us winning in the play-in tournament? Keep up the good work. I look forward to the pod more than the games. Well, thank you. We certainly appreciate that. There's, I needed, I needed that positivity oh, tonight. I can tell We're you more that. Entertaining. Um, how confident are we that the Lakers, Lakers win the play? You're real though. Drop so who your favorite guesses. It, it, yeah, I'd feel pretty confident about it. It depends on who the who's yeah. there, right? Like if let's say the Clippers drop some games and they're sitting there at ten, and the Lakers are at seven, and the Clippers suddenly get Kawhi and Paul George back. Oh, okay. The NBA is super excited, but. That could be tough, right? That's a tough situation. Now, if it's San Antonio sitting there in the 10 seed, then okay, you're feeling pretty good, right? So it kind of depends on how things shake out. Is it bad? That no, you said, yeah, no, and I, I get it. I get it. Like that, <laughs> that's something too, where, you know, I, I don't think there's any team, like even if I say OKC, you go, oh, but the Lakers dropped two games to them this season. There's no team I can realistically put there where you just feel totally comfortable. But I do feel like the Lakers would make it out of the play-in tournament. I would too. I, I mean, ooh, well, I mean, if you want to be like, I'm, I don't know if you want to be pessimistic, but if they were the ninth or tenth seed, and how would you feel about them winning two games? Again, it depends on who they're going up against. But I, I would, I'm not, I'm not betting, I'm not betting against LeBron. Yeah, but see, you side. I'm, I'm not either. I, guys, hear me out. If the Lakers somehow find mm-hmm. themselves in the play-in tournament, which 
very well within the realm of possibilities right now. Uh, I will still take them, but I would not feel no. like I, I, I wouldn't uh, bet that. Shaheen said, what do you think of the probability of trading Russ for Sims is? Very, very low. Yeah, zero. Ben won't play for Philly, so they need zero. to trade him for another point guard. No, they already have another point guard. It's Tyrese Maxey. He's been great for them this year. They're not worried about getting a point guard back. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not still winning games even without there. Ben. In fact, the recent report said they've actually increased their asking price for Ben Simmons. A lot of... Well, see, here's the how thing. That, like, teams are starting... Happen? Teams were thinking this be- at the beginning. Like when this all first started, when when Maury started putting out what he wanted, teams were walking away with the impression he doesn't want to make a trade. And now they're still getting that impression because according to this Woj report, they're actually increasing the offer. They're increasing or increasing the ask. And again, that, that leaves teams feeling like, okay, he doesn't want to make a deal. And even logistically, if you try to attach Tobias Harris, not many teams can get there. They're they're walked away with the they're walking away with the impression that the seventy sixers do not want to make a trade, which is crazy. I you know I, I take that back. You know how I can see why their asking price would go up. Um, teams that have that came mm-hmm. into the season with high hopes that are underwhelming and are desperate, um, and that just yeah. smells of hawks. John Collins, Bogdanovich, yeah, could be. Bogdan, Picks, Cam Reddish, or Kong yep. Wu if you want to prospect. I was, I, that was the name I was trying to get to, and my brain went I'm Josh sorry, Childress. I'm, 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 Somehow I traveled back in time like 15 years or whatever and got to Josh Childress. Oh, no. That's For all right. my Lakewood and Southern California friends, the famous Josh Childress. But um, anyway, yeah, so that's my whole point. If Simmons gets traded, which I personally don't really see happening until the offseason, um, I, I, it's not going to be to the Lakers. As much as I would personally like no. that trade. Uh, there are too many people with rosters input. Rob needs to take control or he's got to go. So thinking that the reason why they got Russ was because too many people were too many cooks in the kitchen, right? That's what he's saying is, is happening. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, we know that the Rambi I can and think of like Palenka, three people. Genie, LeBron, AD, right? Clutch. I mean... And LeBron. Look, the, the word that came out when the trade went down was that the Lakers front office was very split on trading for Russell Westbrook. As they should have been, right? It was it was a risk. Yeah. So that's a franchise. Oh that's a no, franchise somebody said we should have just paid better worse. Guys, I'm telling you right now, and I've said this before, we had this conversation. If I said Give you Russ right now or Schroeder for the mini mid level? Yeah. What would you take? And I said Schroeder based off of the flexibility Josh that Castillo it said. You. Unfortunately, Palinka deserves more blame. Trading Russ, trading for Russ ruined the roster. He said even losing Caruso was linked to the ruined flexibility. Like if I you mean, could just straight across swap Russ for Caruso, you you do that right? God, I would and be so you much happier. traded away stuff plus yeah, lost 100%. Caruso in part because what? you traded for. I mean, yeah, look, look, it looks bad. There's no question. Look, looking back right now, it it looks bad. That's why I said looking back as of right now, it appears that the best path for the Lakers last season was not to trade. Mm-hmm. Like you could have traded for mm-hmm. Buddy Heald and kept Caruso, which is what I always go back to. Also. Um, why do we keep bringing well, this up? What, it just that's makes what me sadder about, every so single time. That's, that's what's coming up here. 
I guys, I, I, hit me in my DMs because I will tell you right now, I I am with you guys. I wanted the Lakers to just run it back since 2020. I said just run the same roster back. There's literally no reason to break uh, it up unless Sean it's for Tate a clear, said, what clear, point guard clear are you taking Westbrook over in the NBA right now? Again, we've we've piled on this this Westbrook thing all night. Uh, there's not there's probably not a lot when you factor in salary. Uh, that that matters. But I do want to get to this though. This is a little bit forward thinking. Mamba mentality said we need scenarios. What do we do next? Okay, so let's get into this. You are Rob Palenka. Sure. Right now. You pour yourself a stiff drink, and mm-hmm. what do you do? Um, I, hmm, I send all the THT tape I can possibly get, all the positive tape I can get. I send it to the other 29 teams. I talk this guy up a bunch um, until people get annoyed at me <laughs> until someone says, fine, fine, fine. I'll take him if you stop talking. And here's the player I want. Or here's the player you want. Um, I mean, look, the best case... and Honestly, at this point, the best case scenario for the Lakers is they land Jeremy Grant. I just can't land anywhere else. I really can't. What what move out there exists? Like, I... And I saw you put that poll on your on your Instagram, uh, Trevor, about, you know, who would you rather have, Miles Turner or Jeremy Grant? I voted for Jeremy Grant. If you're going to lead into the small ball identity, get you the player that fits that stuff. And give me the guy you can trade next year on an expiring as an asset. If you really does, if it doesn't work out for you guys this year, oh, Matt, I've got some people complaining that I keep cutting you off. Hopefully, we don't have that lag thing going between the two of us. That's got to be it. I every once in a while I it's jump the lag in, thing. but for the yeah. most part, I don't think I've been, unless I'm not realizing I'm doing it. But I think it's I think it's the lag thing. <laughs> yeah, stop being so rude, Trevor. Um, Jeez, I do agree though. Bro. Jeremy Grant is the ideal situation. I think at this point. If you can go, if you can go get somebody. Now the question is, what are you willing to give up? Do I need to just, Rob? If you're listening to this for some reason, I don't know why you would be, but if you were listening to this, if you, if the Detroit GM asks you to uh, tattoo Jeremy <laughs> Grant's name they... on like your on your chest, please do it for us, because like <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm just saying because. Like whatever they uh, asked said, Lakers gave away what made them elite. Big players six six and up all over the floor and speed. Jeremy Grant and Lonzo this summer would have been perfect. I think yes, that would have been tough. Uh, oh, here's Lonzo okay, would have so been so story difficult. Story came out, I believe it was today, that the Lakers are interested in in um, Gary Gary Trent Jr. Do you think Gary, Gary Trent. Trent is a better fit than Jeremy That's Grant? A nice name I because like. Because Gary actually. knows his role and Grant may want to go the Dennis route. Maybe, you know, gunning for a new deal or, or something like that. What do you think? Mm, I think they're both useful to the Lakers in, in, in different ways. Obviously, Gary's a very mm-hmm. good, you know, tra- lock and trail defender, very good outside shooter, pretty decent playmaker at the, you know, guard forward, you know, hybrid kind of size. Um I, I just think Jeremy Grant makes sense for what the Lakers are going for as far as their identity because the Lakers already have, you know, players that they can masquerade as small forwards like in Malik Monk and Reeves and stuff. Um, but they don't have a 4-5 guy. Jeremy Grant could be, at worst, He's your, six five. Your very micro I'm, small I'm not, guy. Sorry, not Jeremy Grant. If, uh, if, Gary Trent Jr. is 6-5. Grant is 6-8-ish. So, yeah, he's big enough yeah. to play that 4 for you and be super switchy. 
So I do lean Jeremy Grant. And you know what? Gary Trent Jr.'s contract, I believe he goes two more years as well. I think he's got one more he's got one more year than than Jeremy I think Grant like does, 13. I believe. So maybe that's a factor. I look at Gary Trent Jr. He as does. more of a like a KCP style. Like that's kind that's of what you're what you're getting. And then Jeremy sure. Grant yeah. is a bit more of like Primariza, maybe? If that's what we want to compare him to. Not it's not a great comparison, but just, but that style. Mm. The the lanky wing. If 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 Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Trevor was playing some four. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh so Gary Trent makes seventeen okay. million next year and he has a player option for eighteen point five the following year. Mm -hmm. That whole problem probably decline. Okay. Um but still a very tradable asset. If if again and sorry when I say tradable I mean just if it doesn't work out for the Lakers and they don't have interest in resigning him for whatever reason then someone's gonna bite eighteen million especially if you expect the cat to you know normalize and start you know incrementally going up every year that that cat hit pit looks a lot cleaner for someone else if you are dead set on trading him is, uh, and yeah, I also did not realize this, he is days. only twenty two this year yeah. Which is awesome if you're trading right. for him. Yeah, but why would the Raptors gonna do happen. that? Because they've also um, been playing well. THT. That's the only reason why. You I know think, who the Raptors Okay, maybe last because they THT. wanted THT so badly last year. Maybe there's something there. But I don't think, I wouldn't think that Gary Trent Jr. is a guy they're trying to move or anything like that. Did you realize Gary Trent is it really? for THT at none is almost like oh, perfect? Yes, that is the. Well. He's 16 million Maybe. this year. Drew J said at the end of the day, is Austin Reeves just better than THT? Seems like he took the role we thought THT would have. Yeah. Yes. I'm not shy, guys. Like, I will tell you right now, I think Austin Reeves is legitimately, as of this moment, who is playing on the roster? He is uh, third Ricardo says, if this carries on, I'm worried LeBron will want to leave at the end of the season. He wants more rings and to cement his legacy. I right. personally don't foresee I that don't happening because of the family situation. Um, also because, you know, you went as a Laker, you're immortalized forever. And obviously LeBron going anywhere makes him a contender. I think he does but too. I still think he has I want to say there would be extra play. insult to injury if he did leave because next season he probably claims the all-time scoring sure. record. Yeah. Right? Ooh, from Creed. How poetic would that be? To do it in a Laker jersey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that fear. I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, if we're talking about the 2018 Cavalier season, that's exactly what happened, right? They had a fire sale at the trade deadline. They got to the finals. They fell short. And then he left for LA. Um, but 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 here, here's the major difference, though, is that there were True. murmurs of him wanting to come to the Lakers already. And, the, and it so got far shut this down, season, like, instantly. I mean, we had, like, one, like, very not... Yeah, like one very not credible report about him wanting to go back to the Cavs because they've got young pieces and are exciting, um, and he wants to go home, which you know on paper makes sense. But uh, questioner said, "Do you I think we get think Russ in a buyout if we traded for Buddy Heald instead?" No, I don't think Russ uh, buying out a ninety million. There's ninety million left, assuming he picks up that option. No, I don't think any anybody was doing that. Yeah, ninety-one. Um, it might be time to million. trade AD no. and team up someone else with Braun. All he does is sit in street clothes, and it's annoying. Well, we're actually getting. We think news on AD probably on Friday, but I know people are upset with Anthony Davis for being hurt. But again, that's I don't see the Lakers moving him. I just don't think that's that's where they're at right now. 
Yeah, let's blame AD for yeah. getting hurt instead of the guy that fell into his knee. Let's let's do that. I'm not gonna Anthony go there, guys. Fam said Sorry. Lakers get Kemba, Fournier, <laughs> Morris Senior, Kennard. Clippers get Knox, Robinson, Barrett. Knicks get Westbrook. Lakers 2027 pick and the Clippers pick. Yeah, they wouldn't. Why would the Knicks do that? Yep. Did you not just see what RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson did today too? Like, why? Why? <laughs> guys, again, why? Please ask yourself why the team trade does the Russ trade. THT and Are they that to Toronto for Russell Siakam and Trent. The same thing. Same thing. I same thing applies. THT and just, to Detroit, yeah, Russ quotes. to Indiana. I got for Brogdon, Lavert, and Jeremy. Uh, Brogdon can't be traded this year, so I'm just going to stop that right there. Yeah, a lot of people just throwing out trades. Okay, well let's Guys. let's wrap things up. I know we didn't do we didn't do the master lock of the night. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say the master lock was going to be Russ. The next I think that's man pretty up obvious. was clearly Austin Reeves. <laughs> I'm going to go look at some watch some Austin Reeves highlights, I guess, because that's that's my bright spot from this game. Maybe Malik Monk shooting threes is uh, was a bright spot for a good chunk of this game as well. It was a rough one. I hope that at least this show will let people come on here and vent a little bit. Hopefully you feel a little bit better. You've got some of that frustration out. Um, again, it was a tough one. We will be back to our next game. Lakers take on, what is it? Is it Nuggets next, Matt? Is that right? Yeah. So we get a few days to kind of... Next on Saturday. Know, a little bit of a break. Uh, yeah. Step back, chill a little bit from this, and then uh, then we'll be back chill. at it taking on the Denver Nuggets. in a big game, really. This is going to be a big game in terms of the playoff seating and all that. So going to be important that we see That's... the best the Lakers can offer. Hopefully between now and then, we'll also get an update on Anthony Davis and where he's at in his recovery and when he'll be back. Lakers still expecting Kendrick Nunn back this month. So hopefully we do see him out there soon as well. Uh, final thoughts, Matt? Um, you know, I, I will say this and I'll close the night on this note because I don't want to, I, I know I've sounded, this is probably the most sour I've sounded on the show so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just because again, this was a very disappointing loss. There's no ands, ifs or buts about it. Uh, no excuses guys. Um, I will say though that in the grand scheme of the season, it is one game. You know, this, this doesn't, you know, this wasn't the game the Lakers absolutely needed to win to get into the playoffs. Right. Um, this is still a mid season loss, which is unfortunate, but there's, you know, on the bright side, there is still time for the team to improve. Because I know we said that that four-game winning streak doesn't have as much equity anymore, but it was still signs of the team moving in the right direction. Um, and they're going to be getting two key rotation guys back in AD and Kendrick Nunn, hopefully sooner than later. Um, and, you know, you add more good players to this team and you might have something. So, I, well, it's been a really tough season to watch so far. I think that there are mm. pockets of things to be optimistic about and you know we this this loss could get washed away real quick if they win on saturday sure. uh it's a pretty big if but if they do um then you know things look bright and rosy again um because if you're going to be this um you know disappointed or dispirited after a loss then you'll be just as elated when they do win i'm i'm thank you for that and so i'm hoping Matt. that they win on saturday i just went to check twitter to see if there was anything that we missed that happened that's happened and someone tagged both me and you, so you can see this as well. Sure. The Kings didn't just announce Russell Westbrook oh, as awesome. the ice cold player of the game. They created a graphic and displayed it in the arena. Oh. Of Russell Westbrook as their ice cold player of the game. That hurts.
That hurts. And I just All right, everybody. It and said, ouch. On that note. <laughs> well, on that somber appreciate note, all of you guys joining us. Up. Check out Matt's Twitter because he just retweeted uh, that picture. If you didn't get to see that one yet, check that out. Um, <laughs> appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Uh, we got through this together. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe. And see ya. And